0: May the Lord bless the words of that lovely hymn to all of our hearts. And may there be those even in the meeting tonight who will come to the Lord Jesus and seek eternal salvation through the precious blood of the Lamb. I'm delighted to be with you tonight. I'd like to thank the Reverend Kenny for the kind invitation to come and take part in your harvest service this evening. And we do pray that the Lord will come and bless us now through his precious word. And if you're in the meeting, the service tonight, you know not the Lord Jesus as your Redeemer, certainly our prayer is that you will come and put your faith and trust in him. Let's just bow in a wee word of prayer and ask the Lord for his help. Father in heaven, we thank thee and we praise thee for your presence in the meeting tonight. We thank thee for these hymns that we have heard sung, the hymns that we have been singing. We thank thee for encouraging our hearts, challenging our souls. We do pray, Lord, that you would come just now at the close of this service. And, O God, that you would fill us afresh with your gracious Holy Spirit. And help us, Lord, only to say those things that would be pleasing to thee. Indeed, our earnest prayer tonight is that you would hide man far behind the cross, that none would be seen save Jesus only. We do pray for those in the meeting who are still strangers to grace and to God still in the broad road that leads to destruction. We pray, Lord, that you would speak particularly and definitely and personally to them. And, O God, this night that they would come to accept Christ as their Saviour. We thank thee, Lord, and we praise thee that you're still able to save to the uttermost all that come to thee. And, O God, we pray that there might be a drawing power this night. Fill us with thy power just now. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Please turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 41. We want to read some verses at the end of this chapter. I want for a few moments to speak on the subject, the famine in the days of Joseph. The famine in the days of Joseph. Look what we read. Verse 54 of Genesis chapter 41. If you haven't a Bible with you, just listen very carefully to the reading of God's Word this evening. And the seven years of dearth began to come, according as Joseph had said. And the dearth was in all lands, but in all the land of Egypt there was bread. And when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, Go unto Joseph. What he saith to you, do. And the famine was over all the face of the earth. And Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold unto the Egyptians. And the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt. And all countries came into Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn, because that the famine was so sore in all lands." Amen, we'll end our reading there, knowing the Lord will bless the public reading of his precious Word to all of our hearts. The story of Joseph, of course, is a very well-known story in the precious Word of God. Indeed, the events leading up to Joseph becoming the Prime Minister of Egypt is well documented in the book of Genesis. In the providence of God, Joseph was brought to Egypt to preserve life because of the famine that was going to cripple the world at that time. Indeed, in the story of Joseph, we see the mercy of God not only towards his church, but we also see the mercy of God towards this entire world. Had not God brought Joseph down into Egypt, I believe that, humanly speaking, the world at that time would have come to an end. And in the course of our message, we will see this more clearly. Therefore, the events of Joseph's life were not just accidental, but they were providential and in accordance with the plan and the will of God. Now, Joseph, of course, in the Bible, is a wonderful type and picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, in this story, and particularly in this famine, we have a wonderful picture of Christ's provision for sinners. Just as Joseph, in the providence of God, was brought down to Egypt to save life, so in the plan of God, Christ came from heaven to earth to save life by providing e- eternal salvation for sinners. And again, I believe in the course of our message we're going to see that this evening. Therefore, very simply, I want us to look and consider this famine in the days of Joseph. In the gospel. And I pray that God will take his word and write it upon all of our hearts. But especially, especially if you're in the meeting tonight, you're not saved. I want you to listen very carefully. I have a very simple message, gospel message for you this evening. And I pray that God, the Holy Spirit, will take that message and burn it within your heart and within your soul. Because, my friend, your greatest need tonight is God's eternal salvation. The Bible clearly teaches us that each of us have a soul, and you have a soul, a soul that will exist throughout the countless ages of God's eternity. And it is imperative, it is imperative before you die, before you leave this scene of time, that your soul is saved by the grace of God and that you make preparation for the great eternity. The famine in the days of Joseph. First of all, I want you to notice very simply that the famine in the days of Joseph was worldwide. Take a look at what it says at the end of verse 54 there. And the dearth was in all lands. Look at verse 56. And the famine was over all the face of the earth. And then take a look at verse 57. And all countries came into Egypt to Joseph for to buy corn, because that the famine was so sore in all lands. This famine was not just confined to the land of Egypt. Rather, it was a universal famine. It covered the entire earth. Every country in the world at that time was affected by this famine. Now, just think of the devastation that that would have caused the whole world starving because of lack of food. Now, it's important that you see that simple point in the passage here. It wasn't just a localized famine. It just did not affect a few countries. The famine was worldwide. Today, of course, there are localized famines in many countries in the world, and we can see the devastation that it causes in those countries by many tens of thousands dying. Just think about what it must have been like in the days of Joseph when this famine covered the entire world. Now, what does that teach us? What do we learn from that? Simply this, this worldwide famine in the days of Joseph reminds us of the sin that is in this world. A famine, of course, is a plight, and sin is a plight. And as this famine was universal, so sin is universal. Sin affects every country in this world. Every person in this world tonight is affected by sin. There's no one that has been born into this world that has escaped the pollution of sin. My friend, could I say it to you tonight very simply in the gospel, if you're here this evening and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your own and personal Savior, then you have been born in sin and shapen in iniquity. Romans 3 verse 10 to 12 says there is none righteous no not one there is none that understandeth there is none that seeketh after God they are all gone out of the way they are all together become unprofitable there is none that doeth good no not one and just as this famine in the days of Joseph affected every soul upon this earth so there is not a person in this world today that is not affected by the plight of sin, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Indeed, Paul said in Romans 5, verse 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Therefore, as by the offence of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. I wonder tonight, as you're gathered in the harvest service, and Hillsborough Free Presbyterian Church, my friend, those also listening on, have you ever seen yourself as a sinner plighted by sin? Born in sin and shapen in iniquity. Isn't that what David said? And how true those words are. Have you ever seen yourself as God sees you? Well, I pray, if you have not, then that God the Holy Spirit would take this simple yet wonderful truth tonight and apply it upon your heart and upon your soul because as you sit in this gospel service tonight as you're gathered in this harvest service if you're not born again of the spirit of God as God looks down into your heart as God looks down into your soul he sees a heart that is black with sin he sees a soul that is sinful and he sees one who is separated from him because of the plight of sin. So important tonight that you see yourself as God sees you, because if you're ever going to be saved, if you're ever going to be born again of the Spirit of God, if you're ever going to get into heaven, then you must confess your sin to God, and you must admit to God that you have broken his law, trampled under his commandments, and rejected his son up until this point in your life. Do you realize tonight that you are the sinner heading fast to a Christless eternity? Because the Bible tells us that the soul that sinneth, it shall die. And of course, the death spoken of in that text of Scripture is eternal death and a lost eternity. How sad it would be for you to come to the harvest services in Hillsborough Free Presbyterian Church tonight perhaps come to this church for many years being brought up in the gospel all your life and go out into the lost eternity But well, my friend it's so important that you realize that we have all been affected by sin because we have all been born with this sinful nature heading down the road to a Christless eternity But notice something else here Take a look at verse 55 of Genesis chapter 41. You'll notice not only that the famine in the days of Joseph was worldwide, that it affected everyone in every country in the world, but you'll notice that life could only be sustained by coming to Joseph. Did you notice that in verse 55? Look what it says. And when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Joseph for bread, and Joseph said unto all the Egyptians, Go unto Joseph. And Pharaoh said unto all the Egyptians, Go unto Joseph, what he saith to you, do. You see, the only place in the entire world where there was food was the land of Egypt, and the only one in the entire world who had the authority to release that food was Joseph. That's hard for our human minds to comprehend. And yet, that's what I believe this portion of Scripture is teaching. Take a look there at Genesis 41 and verses 39 to 41. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God hath showed thee all this, There is none so discreet and wise as thou art. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, See, I have set thee over all the land of Egypt. Next to Pharaoh, Joseph was the most important man in Egypt. Indeed, in many respects, Joseph was more important than Pharaoh himself, because when the people wanted food, they did not go to Pharaoh, they went to Joseph. If they wanted to save their lives from hunger, from starvation, they had to come to Joseph. No matter what country they lived in, their lives could only be sustained and saved by coming to Joseph. Now, as we have already said, Joseph in the Bible is a wonderful type and picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's a picture of the Son of God. When you study the life of Joseph, there are many parallels between Joseph and Christ, and we haven't got the time this evening to consider them all. Let me just mention a number of them briefly. Joseph was hated by his brethren without a cause, and of course Christ was hated by the Jews without a cause. Joseph was falsely accused by his brethren. Christ was falsely accused by the Pharisees and the scribes. Joseph was delivered from prison and exalted. Christ was delivered from the grave and resurrected. Therefore, as physical life could only be sustained by Joseph in the days of this worldwide famine, so spiritual life can only be sustained by Christ when we consider the plight of sin that covers this world tonight. What are we saying? Very simply, we're saying this, that if you want your sin cleansed, if you want your sin forgiven, if you want this terrible plight that you've been born with taken away, then there's only one person that you can come to this evening, and that is God's heavenly Joseph, the Lord Jesus Christ. There's none other that can save us tonight. There's none other that can, can deliver us tonight. There's none other that can take away our sin but the Son of God. The Bible says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me christ is the only source of eternal life he's the only one who can deliver from sin and the consequences and the penalty of sin in john 6 verse 35 we read these tremendous words and jesus said unto them i am the bread of life he that cometh to me shall never hunger and he that believeth on me shall never thirst Indeed, Jesus said on another occasion, in Matthew 11, verse 28, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Oh, I wonder, is there someone in the meeting tonight, someone perhaps listening on? And the Lord has been speaking to your heart in recent weeks, in recent months perhaps, and you realize that you are the sinner. You recognize that because of your sin that you're heading to hell, and you know that you cannot save yourself. And you recognize that the church or the minister or the pastor cannot save you. My friend, let me point you to the one tonight who can save you, who can deliver you. Thank God his name is Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He left heaven's glory. He came down into this sin, sin-cursed world. He lived a perfect life upon this world, and then he went at the end of that life, and he died upon a cross, and upon that cross he shed his precious blood for your sins and for my sins. He died the just for the unjust that he might bring us to God, and because of his death and because of his resurrection, you and I can have eternal life, and thank God, if we come to him and accept him as our saviour, we will never hunger again. We will never thirst again. Oh, come with me, visit Calvary, where my Redeemer died. His blood, it fills the fountain. Tis full, tis deep, tis wide. Have you ever considered, my friend, that the Lord Jesus, the Son of God, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God, he died for your sins. He died for you. How did he die? He died willingly because he was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb dumb before his shearers, so he opened not his mouth. No one forced him to the cross. No one twisted his arm up his back and made him go and die upon a cross. For you and for me, but He loved us so much that He willingly went to Calvary's middle tree, and there He died, and shed His precious blood in order to redeem us. He died willingly, and of course He died painfully. None of the ransomed ever knew how dark was the night that the Lord passed through to win the souls that were lost. We'll never understand it, and we'll never take it in what it cost for Christ, the Holy One, to bear away our sins, the pain, the physical pain, the mental pain that the Lord Jesus Christ suffered upon the middle tree on Golgotha's brow as the nails went into his hands and into his feet, as the soldiers took the crown of thorns and battered it into his lovely brow, as they whipped his back until it was like a ploughed field. the Lord Jesus suffered that pain and that agony for you and for me, because he loved us. And not only did he die willingly and die painfully. But he died atollingly. In other words. He bore our hell in his own body upon the tree. Just think about it. An eternity of hell. That I should have suffered for all eternity. The Lord Jesus Christ in those three hours of darkness. Bore my hell in his own body upon the cross. My friend, we can't even begin to think of how the Saviour suffered for our sins, how he paid the penalty for our iniquities. Does any wonder he cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He had to die. And he had to die by shedding his precious blood. And he had to die as a substitute. And he was a substitute for sinners because he knew no sin. As wherever Eddie pointed out, he did no sin. He couldn't even think sin. He was the sinless, spotless lamb of God. But he took my sin and he took your sin. He died in my place and he died in your place. My friend, is it any wonder that we say it tonight that he is the only sustainer of life? He is the only giver of life. My, if you want eternal life, you must come to him. Just as the people of this world, in the days of this famine, in the days of Joseph, had to go to Joseph, no one else could help them. No one else could feed them. No one else could sustain them. But Joseph, no one else can save you tonight but God's heavenly Joseph. But thank God he's willing. And he's not only willing to save you, but he's waiting to save you. And not only is he willing and waiting to save you, but thank God he has the power to save you. For he has the power to save all that come to him. And he will in no wise cast anyone out. And thank God, no matter who you are tonight, doesn't matter how far down the road of iniquity you may have traveled, doesn't matter what your sin is this evening, doesn't matter whether this is the first time that you've been at a harvest service or whether you have been in many harvest services. The Bible tells us that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Listen to the words of the hymn writer. Come ye sinners, poor and needy, weak and wounded, sick and sore, Jesus ready stands to save you, full of pity, love and power. He is able, he is willing, doubt no more. Listen to verse 4. Come ye weary, heavy laden, bruised and ruined by the fall, if you tarry till your batter. You'll never come at all. Not the righteous, not the righteous. Sinners, Jesus, came to call. Are you willing to put yourself in the sinner's place tonight? Are you willing to take the sinner's place and acknowledge that you are the sinner before God and that you recognize that only the Lord Jesus Christ can save you? If you are, then you're a candidate for salvation this evening thank God although you may have come into this house tonight on the broad road which leads to destruction you can leave God's house tonight on the narrow way which leads to heaven and home and there's no greater blessing this evening than to know God's salvation through Jesus Christ and him alone that's the third thing I want you to notice here just before we close Take a look there at verses 56 and 57 of Genesis 41. Notice thirdly that Joseph, by opening the storehouses, gave everyone an opportunity to live. Look what it says. And the famine was over all the face of the earth, and Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold unto the Egyptians... But then look what it says. And the famine waxed sore in the land of Egypt, and all countries came, underline it, into Egypt, to Joseph, for to buy corn. There's much we could say about these storehouses here. First of all, they were planned many years before the famine came. you can read verses 33 to 36. We're not going to take the time to do that tonight. But Pharaoh, in these verses, had to plan for the seven years of famine. So there was a planning here before this famine came. And then there had to be a price. A price was paid so that the storehouses could be filled. And in verse 48, we read there how that provision had to be put away in the seven years of plenty. And of course, the storehouses, they met the need of the people. There's much we could say about these storehouses. But what do these storehouses speak of? These storehouses speak of the provision that Christ has made on the cross for sinners. They speak of the storehouse of redemption— Of course, the cross was planned by God even before the foundation of this world. A great price was paid because the Son of God had to come and die for our sins, as we've already said. But thank God, the cross meets the need of every sinner who repents of their sin and by faith turns and trusts Christ's finished work for for redemption. By Christ dying on the cross and shedding his blood, every sinner has an opportunity to be saved for all eternity. Everyone who comes will find provision in Christ. Everyone! Doesn't matter what land they live in, doesn't matter what country they come from, doesn't matter what the color of their skin is, doesn't matter what uh, religion they've been brought up in, if they finally realize that they're sinners and need Christ alone as Savior, then if they come to Him, they will receive everlasting life. The invitation was put out to all lands. And the invitation of the gospel is the same, you know. The Bible says to him, give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. In Romans 9 verse 33, it says, as it is written, behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. And in the book of Acts it says, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And in 1 John 5, verses 1, it says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and every one that loveth him that begot, loveth him also that is begotten of him. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die, because believest thou this? Oh, thank God, the invitation of the gospel to come to the storehouse of redemption, to come and receive everlasting life, Is extended to all. It's extended to you tonight. I don't care who you are. As I've said, whether you come to church every week, or whether this is your first time in church, or maybe there's someone listening on tonight, and maybe you've never stepped inside a church building. Praise God. The invitation of the gospel is for you. And all that come to him, he will in no wise cast out No one came to buy food from Joseph who were turned away. No one was turned away. My friend, if you come tonight and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you'll not be turned away. Thank God that God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, there's only one difference between Joseph's storehouses and the storehouse of redemption. The feast at the storehouse of redemption is free, is free. When they went to Joseph, when this worldwide famine was taking place, they had to buy the corn. They had to give money for the corn. But thank God, the gift of God, which is eternal life, is free. The wonderful text of Scripture In Isaiah 55, verse 1, it says, O every one that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come, buy and eat, Ye come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. That word buy there just simply means receive. We could read the verse like this, Come ye, receive and eat, Ye come, receive wine and milk without money and without price. Isn't it wonderful tonight, the invitation of the gospel The glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus. My friend, whoever you are tonight, whoever you are, whether you're walking down the clean side of the broad road or whether you're walking down the dirty side of the broad road, the invitation is for you. Will you come tonight? Will you realize that you're the sinner before God? Will you recognize that only Jesus Christ can save you? Will you recognize that his work upon the cross is a completed work and thank god if you come and accept what he has accomplished on the cross for you you will be saved and you will be saved for all eternity there's no greater blessing than to know that you're saved and on your way to heaven i can still remember the day when the lord saved me i was only 13 years of age and that's a few years back now believe you me More years than I want to remember. But I can remember walking into the meeting. I couldn't have quoted you two verses out of the Bible. But God the Holy Spirit was convicting me of my sin. I didn't know it then. And that night, as the preacher preached, the Lord spoke. And I can remember waiting behind and coming to Christ. Oh, my friend, you can get saved tonight. You can get saved tonight. You can leave this harvest service knowing that you're on your way to heaven this evening. Would you not come? Come and partake of the heavenly feast. Come and partake of the heavenly feast tonight. And thank God the provision has been made. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to do any chores for it. All you have to do is receive it. For as many as received him, to them give you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. The work is done, you see. It's finished. Just come and receive it. God loves you tonight. And he wants to save you. Would you come to him? May God bless these few thoughts from this passage. Amen.